0: Welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Well, I have been looking forward to the conversation I'm going to be having with Mandy Arioto. She's the president of Mops International. I've been looking forward to this for a long time because Mops teamed up with Barna to do an extensive study regarding the post-COVID state of motherhood. <laughs> That's what the study's called. Well, I'm guessing that there's many of you listening who are thinking, um... I can tell you what the state of motherhood is. It is called exhausted in all caps or run ragged, or maybe you're feeling like you are running all the time and it's just still not enough. Well, I get you. We hear you. And actually this study proves you are not the only one. So I hope that if you're listening today, because moms carry so much influence, Influence, which the study showed actually that they don't even know they have. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Before I introduce Mandy and invite her on, I'd like to ask you a question. Will you consider a gift to connected families before the year is over? And I believe that you have felt more equipped, had significant aha moments as you've listened to this podcast or read a weekly parenting tip, or maybe even taken one of our online courses this year. Parents tell us that those aha moments are when things began to change for them. I've had aha moments all along in my parenting journey. I think you maybe have too. You know, they change our own heart. They change the parenting motivations that we have. They also change the long-term parenting goals, the way we see our kids. You know, ultimately, those aha moments for me have really led to growth in my walk with the Lord and my relationship with Christ. Well, on our website, many families have finished the sentence, things began to change when? (laughs) The Webb family say this. They said, things began to change when I learned the strategy, slow, low, and listen. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we learned that listening and giving the kids a chance to speak sometimes went further, way further with them than just expecting them to jump at every beck and call. I love that. That's from the Webb family. Well, tap through to the show notes to see photos and read what other families said. And while you're there, will you consider a year end financial donation and partner with us in supporting Christ centered transformation? in families. And we thank you for it. Well, let me just read Mandy's bio and then we'll invite her onto the show. So Mandy Ariato is the president of Mops International. Every year, Mops mobilizes millions of women and partners with tens of thousands of churches. Mandy and her husband, Joe, live in Denver, Colorado with their three awesome kids. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast, Mandy. Oh, I'm so excited to be with you. I am excited too. Man, ever since I heard about the study that you did with Barna called the state of motherhood, (laughs) we were all interested, right? We want to know what you found. I I said in the intro that I think every mom is probably thinking, I know what they found. We're tired. (laughs) And we did find that they were tired, right? I read the very long document and it says the majority of moms say, I feel tired most of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no surprise That's
0: to any it. of us moms right no absolutely no surprise at all yeah well I also just want to pull this quote to start off because man did it resonate with me for my all my parenting years but it says this the little girls who are told you can have it all you can have a family a career time for hobbies and friends are now moms who embraced this ideal and feel a sense of having to do it all. And that's, I think, where that tired
1: feeling comes from, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, you know, I get to talk with so many women over the course of a year. And it's so interesting, because it doesn't matter where I go in the world, really, I hear the same two things from moms everywhere. And that's that we feel exhausted, because we're doing so much. And second, that we feel like there's so much more we should be doing, which is like, Enough to drive any of us crazy, right? To feel like we're never really accomplishing what we feel like we should, or we're never, there's always so much more that needs to get done. And so I just feel like it's a great opportunity for us as moms to recalibrate and reassess of what is doable in a day and what is the most important thing for us to accomplish. But yeah, I think it's just such a universal feeling that we're all experiencing right now and just really looking at our lives and saying, who do I want to be? What, does I want, what do I want my life to look like? And what are the priorities that God is putting in front of me at this moment that I can steward well? I love that. That is just power right at the top of
0: this podcast. Yeah, I can remember even in my own life, it was like, no, Stacy, you choose. Don't do the should of. I should yes. be doing this. I should be doing that. I should make a more, you know, homemade meal. I should not bring a box cake. It needs to be a homemade cake. The things, it gets just too many shoulds make choices and be okay with the choice that I made. And if I don't like what's happening, then make a choice that's different. I can remember that very much coming into my awareness that guided my parenting. Okay. So tell me about this study. Were you seeing some moms struggling that made you reach out to Barna or maybe they reached out to you, but tell us how it came to be.
1: Yeah, so this was on the tail end of COVID, and we were really seeing some unique trends that we hadn't seen before in our 50 years as an organization. And not only from an emotional health perspective, or even a faith perspective, really from just demographic data, right? So what we were seeing was that at that point, and this is the first post COVID study on the state of motherhood. So that's really interesting that we have this data. But what we saw is that 43% of families had a mom who was a primary or sole breadwinner. That's up from 11% a couple decades ago. So that is a huge shift in family dynamics that we were experiencing at that point. We also know that mom's spending power is $2.4 trillion. So moms control 85% of household purchases. Moms have all of this influence. And from a demographic perspective, we're looking at moms are like really powerful influencers and so what does this look like how are moms doing right now and how does that impact culture and the church and so we partnered with Barna they've been incredible partners in this and are just so highly respected in the data space but we just recognize that because moms are such powerful influencers we have an opportunity both as moms and as an organization to steward this influence that women have and really speak into it and say, how are moms doing and how can we help them uh, feel like they're flourishing in every aspect of their life? So
0: interesting that you say that because even one of the pieces of data from the study said less than one in five moms, 19% say they regularly feel that they are able to contribute meaningfully to the world. Only one in
1: five. I I always say that stat as 80% of moms say that they feel like they're not contributing meaningfully to the world. Right. Cause that lands like, so you
0: flipped it, which feels
1: right. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's the data on the influence of moms. Okay. Okay. So across the board, relief organizations say the single best way to raise a community out of poverty is to resource the moms. If you want to lower a country's proclivity for war, What you do is you put moms in positions of government, and it drastically lowers a country's proclivity for violence. 77% of adults say the single most influential person in their faith life is their mom. There was a study about teens, too. This was so interesting. So this is another study that Barna did on the influence of Christian moms. And what they found is that teens self-report that their mom is their primary like partner for almost every activity across the board. The only ones that the mom was not a primary activity partner for were um, playing sports and interacting on social media. But of those teens, they uh, 70% said their mom was the primary person that they talked to about God. Like one more thing is um the Atlantic did this awesome study and they found that moms are the ones that brings bring kids to church. So yeah, moms are influencing like every aspect of life. Moms are the ones, there is a study out of the University of Minnesota where they found that moms are the ones who influence a family's entire eating habits. So like every aspect of a family's life you want to look at is like the mom is the hub of that. And so that stat where only 80% of women feel that they're contributing meaningfully to the world is like by living your life, not even doing anything extra, you are already in so many profound ways contributing meaningfully to the world.
0: Such important data for moms to realize. And, you know, part of that data, it makes me think, well, where are the dads? Like, it doesn't mean that the dads should not be a part of it. They should be in those conversations about faith, and they should be part of bringing kids to church. We're shooting. but. Yeah, And I don't want to do that kind of, but, but still we know that a father's role is very, very important. And yet this is the reality that we're living in right now. And so we want to use the data to encourage moms that the ways that you're showing up and the ways that you're supporting your kids. And like you said, Mandy, by existing and doing daily life, you have a lot of influence on your kids.
1: That's- Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point that you brought up. Like All of this data on the influence of moms doesn't diminish in any way a dad's profound impact on the framework in every aspect of the family. It's just a way to recognize the influence of moms without diminishing the equal influence of dads. So I think that's a really great point.
0: That's good. So it's so important for moms to think about caring for themselves and we're gonna get to that. But first I just wanna talk about the challenges that then moms are feeling. I mean, ooh, life is challenging, all of the things. And I even think about the data that you said at the beginning, the high percentages of moms that are the sole breadwinner mm-hmm. said.
1: Yep. Just, Primary sole breadwinner. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of financial pressure on top of all of the other pressures that they feel. So life is challenging. Mothering and parenting is very challenging right now. So what data do you have or just, you know, what did you find out from the study about how moms are doing?
1: Okay. One of my favorite stats, and I have found this to be so true in the work we do, is it didn't even come from our study. It's from whattoexpect.com. And they did a (laughs) study where they found that 83% of moms said that it was very important to them to be the perfect mother which I think is so interesting, right? Like, do you like hanging out with perfect people? Because I really don't. Like, I don't want (laughs) to, they're not my favorite. And it's even projecting perfection, right? Like not interested. And it's so interesting to me, like we're striving for something that we don't even enjoy in other people. And it's not even Mm -hmm. possible because we're not Jesus. And so I just think that's a really interesting thing to look at as all of us moms are like setting our bar For what we want but yeah so perfection is a is something i and i think that stems from we just want to get it right like we want to do a good job and i think that's such a gift that god gives Mm -hmm. us i think it's really interesting like we as human beings are the only creatures on the planet that god has given the ability to assess or measure or analyze ourselves and how we're doing right like there's not any killer whales out there who are like i'm not sure i'm getting it right or any zero. I say that too. Yeah. So it's so cool that we have that ability. And that's really one of the reasons we wanted to do this study. Like, hey, let's just measure where we're at and then we Mm -hmm. can like figure out some strategies from there. So that's one thing that we're seeing. Some other data that's really kind of alarming if we look at like the state of moms and their emotional and physical well-being. What we know is that almost one in four women are taking antidepressants Women have left the church nearly three times the rate of men in recent years. That is new in history. Like So from the start oh. of when we've been documenting this, we've never seen women leave the church at a higher rate than men. And that's happening oh. currently. Every time I say this, yeah, I feel like people are like, not possible. But this is what the data tells us. On average, women spend between four to six hours a day on technology, whether it's their phone and um, that's outside of like work hours. So that's huge. So we're looking at just like a lot of distraction mechanisms as well. And then this is from our uh, survey that we did through MOPs, not the Barna study, but we see that one third of women say that they're worried they're drinking too much. And then the last Mm. stat is kind of an interesting one. 54% of moms say that they're, they're having less sex than they were a year ago. And That's like at first a silly, interesting step, but there's so many important things behind that. So what Mm -hmm. we know is this year there's on average families are having 1.4 kids, even seven to 10 years ago, that was like 2.4. So we are experiencing a drastic decline in fertility, porn, a huge issue. So there's like some really interesting numbers we need to look Mm -hmm. at and say, okay, how how are we doing?
0: There's so much underneath all of that, mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly how to respond to all of that it's, information. It's really it was alcohol, isn't it? it was relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: I wonder, are we talking broken marriages, like divorce?
1: Yeah, you know, we work with over a million moms a year, and we are seeing major strain on marriage right now mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. But we're navigating some societal shifts that aren't helping us to flourish they're They're actually tearing down some structures that have been in place that have held together family units in important ways. And so, and just, I think we see across the board, whether it's moms or parents in general, like there's some real mental health struggles, emotional struggles, relational struggles. We call them relational poverty, emotional poverty, and spiritual poverty. But I think it's an opportunity for us to recognize our deep need for hope and help
0: and truth. That's a beautiful response to some data that can be difficult mm-hmm. to think about, not only from being someone in an organization that's supporting parents, just like you are, but even as a mom and thinking about my circle of friends, and we are deeply in need for hope, support, for help. And first and foremost, it's from the Lord.
1: Right. I think it
0: really shows our deep need for a deeper relationship with our, with our God Mm -hmm. and allowing him to meet those places and not alcohol and not screens. And
1: exactly, exactly.
0: I know that mops is very much a part of that in bringing moms together and bringing community. But yeah, you know,
1: one interesting stat that you probably saw in this study. So the study was really comprehensive. We interviewed moms of faith and moms who don't have faith, and we saw some interesting data that was different between those two groups. Some of the biggest differences between moms who are followers of Jesus versus moms who are not were the moms who had no faith had drastically higher percentages they reported of feeling anxious about important decisions, uncertain about the future, and afraid to fail. And I think that's really interesting. And then we looked at, okay, what are some solutions? How do we fortify our emotional and spiritual lives? And what we found was that the single best way to improve our mental health, our relational health was to have a confidant, which seems like so silly, but the data was like astronomically outstanding Where it says if you have just one confidant, one person in your life that you can be honest with, that you can feel like they're in your corner, and this is someone outside of your husband or wife usually, the rates of people who did not have a confidant, they reported feeling lonely and isolated, insecure in who they are, and like life isn't worth living. So having one person in your corner made such a drastic difference in the data when I kind of get that
0: mm-hmm. because you can be real and you can be open. And there's just something about being able to speak about those places that feel dark and scary mm-hmm. that takes the scary away when absolutely. we're able to just speak it. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, that's a great takeaway from today's podcast. Like I I had an uncle, he was awesome. And in his older years, he went around and made friends with people. And he told me, say, I need a friend. Will you be my friend?
1: I I love love it. it. So that is so fantastic. So uh, I think it was a social media post and it was this woman. And she said, she decided when she was young that if she saw another person that she like admired what they were wearing or loved their hair. She was like, I, as the minute I think it, I'm going to tell them. And I thought, what a great way to make new friends is just to be like, oh my gosh, your earrings are so beautiful, but just like, let's lead the way with, I think so often we feel like people are going to judge us. Or I think we're weird for being the first person to reach out when really that's what all of us need is for someone to be like, we're going to be friends and you don't have a choice. Yeah. I love that. You don't have a choice. I'll give them a choice, Mandy. They don't have to be my friend. <laughs> I just need people to be really direct with me. So that's yeah. I, that's what I need.
0: <laughs> I- It's great too, because you can do that even with mentors and that's how, you know, you need to do that with mentors, right? Like I am looking Mm -hmm. for a mentor. Would you, do you have time? Would you be interested in, and I think that conversation is more maybe typical or comfortable, but you know, so let's just transfer that to friendships and say, Hey, you know, let's be friends. I think that's a great takeaway from this study. And there's, yeah, there's so much benefit To knowing that you've got someone with you Mm that's safe and we'll talk to you. That's really good. Let's see. I want to pull another piece of data. So around the faith correlates with stronger emotional and well-being. That's what you were just talking about. I pulled this piece. It says, compared to non-Christian mothers, Christian moms are more likely to say they regularly feel satisfied with my life choices, fully present. Able to meaningfully contribute to the world and confident in myself. Let me just pause a second. Was that the exact data that you just said, Mandy? This is, I'm kind of taking so a little editing break.
1: There's different points in there, but yeah, that exactly encompasses what that is. It's When we have that rootedness in our faith, I think it helps us see our lives in a way where we feel worthy, where we feel like our work is meaningful, like we talked about again with that stat of moms not feeling like they're doing meaningful work. I think as followers of Jesus, we get reframed in a way and reset in who we are as a beloved child of God. And so, yeah, the stats between people of faith and and not faith are are pretty dramatic.
0: Yeah. And it makes sense because as we lean into who God says that we are, we know that we are valuable and our contributions are valuable. And I think there is even a very high regard for parenting and just raising our kids. And that alone says, you know, we have so much influence and so much to give the world. So why don't we end our time today just talking about community? You you already mentioned and we discussed Having a good friend, a confidant that we can talk to, but what did the study find about community and maybe even as it relates to the church?
1: Yeah, so what we know is that 75% of people say they have one or no close friends. And so there's a really interesting expectation. So this summer, my son who's in college brought 10 of his buddies home and they spent two weeks at our house. So we had a blast getting to know them all but it was really interesting because I was talking with one of the kids and he was like, man, I just feel like, he's like, have you ever watched the show friends? And I was like, yes, I've seen like every episode. And he's like, I just, I keep feeling like I'm missing out. Cause like, I don't have a friend group like that. And I feel like so many of us feel like we're missing out because we don't have this close friend group where there's like, we know each other's history and we have our inside jokes. And so I think sometimes We need to reframe what we need in friendships and what that looks like, because when we actually look at the people in our lives, I bet we have a lot more friendship than we think we do. But what we also saw is that at church in particular, moms need relationships with the people that are showing up to the same faith community as them. And one thing that was really interesting in this study related to moms and community and the church was, moms said that when they do make it to church, oftentimes the societal and household expectations follow them into these sacred places. And so I was thinking about what that looks like, and I was like, you know, what? at home I'm making snacks for our kids, and I am making sure everybody gets to where they need to be on time and I'm making coffee for my husband and I. And then it was like, you know, you go to church and suddenly you're expected to do those very same things in the church building, right? Like you're in children's ministry, you're taking care of kids and making snacks and you're making coffee for everybody. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever, yeah. but it's a lot harder to show up at church when you're like, I could just do that at home. Like, why do I need to go to church to do that? I think that's an interesting part of what community looks like if we're stepping into faith spaces to be like, okay, maybe I'm going to expand my horizons and volunteer for something different, or I'm going to be a part of something like go out of my comfort zone and join a group of church that is a little different than what I would normally do. So Mm. that was incredibly helpful for women to just analyze new opportunities that they have to to make new friends.
0: So using the community at church maybe in a little bit different way and i don't i don't mean using i mean digging in applying yourself or getting involved with a different pocket of the community that can come from church yeah
1: sometimes as moms we get really ingrained in our role as mom which is awesome like i love my role as mom but what if you step into leadership and something else like it's just getting outside of that role sometimes helps us learn new things about ourselves even
0: make more friends and different friends build community and in various pockets of our life yeah one of the pieces of data that I pulled everyone is going to resonate with and I don't even know if I agree with the percentage here it is 31 percent of moms feel they're expected to quote make sure your children are well behaved in the service unquote (laughs) <laughs> but we feel
1: it right that's why I was like um I'm absolutely think it's 31%. i has gotta be 95%. higher I know. <laughs> whether we are gonna admit it or not I yeah. I agree it's like that unsaid pressure that inside when your kid's acting silly you're like yes. keep it together no, yeah I'm not kidding I got the pinch the side yeah. Pinch <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah in church my dad was the pastor oh my
1: goodness oh so I the pressure I was, was extra
0: Oh, man, I can remember my dad almost even, I mean, the eye from the pulpit, like, (laughs) mom was in children's church downstairs. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But let's just agree, moms, like everyone listening, okay, let's take the pressure off of our parents, our moms, to make kids behave. They're just kids. And you know, yeah. every kid is different. Every kid is experiencing life different and has different struggles and some can sit still and some just can't.
1: And that's perfectly fine. I would rather have them feel like they are a part of our community, of our faith community, yeah. than feel like they're ostracized or misbehaving in some way. Yeah. My, my friend, uh, Rips, a pastor. And when there's kids being loud in the service, he's like, I love this. I love that you're here. Like, thank you for reminding us that none of us is perfect. We're all human. And so I I love that he just affirms that they're, you know, completely welcome. That is wonderful. I love that.
0: Well, maybe we should just end today with, do you have any
1: words of encouragement for moms? Well, this is my go-to encouragement because this is what I need to hear regularly in my mothering journey. It's okay to have more fun. Sometimes yeah. we just take ourselves so seriously and we feel like every choice we're making is like high stakes. And you know what? It's okay to just take a breath and have a little more fun with your kids in your marriage, in your relationship with Jesus, like across the board. Yeah, and sometimes is the answer. I love it. I love
0: it. And really I think that's about lowering expectations for dinner, for the mm-hmm. birthday party, you know, for the vacation, for yeah. all all of the things of you know, just lower the expectations. It doesn't mean I'm not caring or not trying, right. but it's saying, hey, we're just we want to make our expectations an, an attainable place where we can be lighthearted in life. That's how I would think of having more fun. I yes, love it. I love it. I love, yeah, perfect. Mandy, thanks for being with us today. If if you want to get a hold of you or even. Specifically, get a copy of this
1: study that you did with Barna. How would they do that? So, the Barna study, you can go to growthechurch.org, and that is where you can download a copy of it and find out more about the MomCo and all of the work we're doing around the world.
0: Growthechurch.org. Is that what you said? dot com okay you guys we're gonna get that worked out and we'll be (laughs) in the show notes (laughs) so that you can get it and get a hold of mandy at mandy at mops so thanks mandy so much that you came today and shared all of that data and just encouraged all of us
1: so grateful for all the work you're doing
0: thanks so much what a treat Well, thanks for tuning in today, friends. We are a listener supported organization. Over 55,000 parents like you listen to the podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.